When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you Nebraska baseball. Catch our live coverage as the Huskers meet the Indiana Hoosiers on the Diamond at Hawks Field at Haymarket Park in Lincoln. Watch Friday, May 10th at 6 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. I don't like competing against him at all. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, he's a great quarterback. Um, definitely a Hall of Famer. Uh, it's not even, a, it's a no-brainer. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. Um, but it, it's just, I believe it's just two, two, two greats, um, up-and-coming greats, just going toe-to-toe, you know, like a heavyweight fight, heavyweight matchup. That's, that's just what I see. He's going to be the MVP for a reason. I mean, he's, he goes out there, he, he leads his team, um, he, he scores, um, he, he runs, he throws, he does whatever it takes to win, and, and that's what the great greats do. And uh, uh, like I said, it'll be a great challenge for our defense, but also a great challenge for our offense going against their defense. So uh, it's going to take a, a full team effort if we want to find a way to get a win. But, man, if you can win on the road, that means you can handle adversity, right? You can handle the ebbs and flows of a game. You don't crack. You, you, uh, you handle pressure well. Um, and so I think that's that's something that we've we talk about here. We've uh, the way we practice, the way we do things, the way camp is, all of that. Good morning, welcome into Herd at Sports Radio here on AM five ninety ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri Cities. We are live from the Herd at Sports Bar and Grill, and live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Speaking of which, I should probably join the stream, huh? Hey, good morning, man. Good morning. That's Andrew Rogers. I'm Ravi Lula. How are you this morning, hey, Andrew? Hey, I'm good. You know, I, I'm a little tired. Uh, you know, these last these last four days catching up from from that Vegas jet lag sure, has, yeah. has not been easy. Yeah. And, you know, partially because I, I've been taking a nap midday, mm. so it's been harder to go to sleep at night. Yep. Uh, but... You know, after the show, it, at least this week, it, you know, it, it, it hasn't been, oh, man, okay, you have, you know, X, Y, and Z to get accomplished. You'll stay awake. Like, I, I've had kind of a slower week. Okay. And, you know, if you only have, like, a few things to worry about, like maybe doing the laundry or, you know, making dinner. And, like, <laughs> well, there's so, those are such long periods of time, like, like long ooh, breaks in between. I got a little nap time in there. Yeah, so I take a nap. <laughs> and I, I set myself up for failure on, what was it, Wednesday. I think oh, I no. took a four-hour nap. Oh, no. Which is essentially going to bed. I would say that's any, anything over three hours, you just went to bed, brother. Well, and I set a <laughs> two-hour alarm. Oh, no. 
turned off the alarm, and then just woke up naturally two hours later. Um, so I've been trying to get my body back into radio show shape. Yeah. I feel like next week. Reacclimated a little uh, bit. I'm, I'm going to get back to the grind, and uh, we'll be good to go. But no, I'm, I'm just a little tired. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that it's Friday. I'm sure a lot of people out there, too, are happy it's Friday. Listen, it's great to be here on a Friday. You know, I, I texted you. I'll full disclosure here. I got here like 18 seconds before the show started, approximately. That you did. Um, and that is not normal. I, I'm usually, you know, I give myself a little bit of time to settle in, get prepared. Uh, but it was kind of one of those mornings. You know, I was telling you as I was sitting down in that 18 seconds, I was like, you know, I give myself a little leeway when I wake up in the morning. So if I've got, you know, eight or ten things to do before I actually leave the house, whether you know, get dressed, brush my teeth, let the dogs out, whatever – you know, I, I've, I've got time for like two, maybe three of those things to take longer than they should before I'm in trouble. Today was like a four thing morning. And so I was, I, there was a moment where I was like, oh, this could be a problem. Like, uh, <laughs> can you tell me what went wrong? Yeah. Please so, tell me like you were brushing your teeth and then toothpaste got on your shirt. No, so you had to change your shirt. So first of all, it's important to note, and I'm not trying to be dramatic here, but it is contextually it's important i'm having surgery directly after the show like at i'm going basically here i'm letting my dogs out one more time i'm going to the hospital nothing major i've got a little trigger finger is what they call it here my finger doesn't bend anymore because mm-hmm. of the tendons or something so they're going in they're fixing that so nothing major but there's things you have to do to be prepared for the surgery they like and usually i shower the night before and you don't want to be smelly on the table. Well, yeah, I, no, I, I shower the night before just in general. <laughs> I usually shower at night before bed. But I remembered this morning, because I forgot last night, that the, you're supposed to wash with this like special antibacterial soap before surgery. So I had to take another shower this morning. That's thing number one. That's a long one. It is. That, I, That's a good five minutes. I, I set a timer for eight minutes, and it took about that long. Because you have to like really scrub in the, the antibacterial soap. So that was an extra eight minutes that I wasn't anticipating. Number two, my dog, there's, <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's like a coyote or something running through my neighborhood because I've seen him, first of all, but I live in, there's a, there's a lake in my neighborhood, right? So there's some like wildlife uh-huh. occasionally, uh-huh. usually not coyotes, but you know, you'll see a deer every now and then and a turkey and whatever. And I don't know, like a week, week and a half ago, my wife and I are driving home through the neighborhood and we see this thing scurry out in front of the car. And I was like, that was a weird looking dog. And she goes, that's a coyote, babe. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> is that a husky? <laughs> I was like, that's, that was a fuzzy looking dog. And so my, I think he's just running through the neighborhoods, whatever. And so my dogs have had this habit of getting really intensely like sniffing around the yard. I could not get Doug to come in this morning. Just couldn't do it. He was just, he was, there was, we have a pine tree. To the point where you had to go out and get him? Not just that. So we have this pine tree where it is, he likes to burrow his way in like all the way to the trunk. I don't know if you're familiar with pine trees. They are very pokey. Mm -hmm. I don't want to follow him in there. sticky. Yes. I don't want to like burrow my way in to the trunk. Also, I had already taken my antibacterial shower at this point, so I couldn't do that. Otherwise, we'd be having another eight-minute shower or whatever. So 
I'm, I'm trying to coax Doug it's like a, out. It's like a cartoon at this point. It is, yeah. I'm trying to coax Doug out with, like, little, you know, his little treats and stuff. And whatever he was – Ooh, sm- a piece of candy. Uh, whatever he was smelling on that tree must have been the most interesting thing in the world because I had, like, actual strips of steak I was trying to lure him out with. Not interested at all. So that was a significantly longer adventure than I than I anticipated. Uh, thing number three was you're not supposed to really eat anything before surgery, right? They're like, you can have some Gatorade, whatever. And I was like, oh, I'll be fine. I won't eat anything, whatever. Well, my blood sugar goes low this morning. And mm-hmm. so I was like, well, I have to get the Gatorade now because I can't have my blood sugar go low. I thought I had Gatorade at the house. Guess what? I do. Did you know Gatorade expires? No. It does, apparently. (laughs) I cracked open a fruit punch Gatorade, and it was rancid, I think is the right word for it. I did not think I had bought it that long ago, but then I checked the bottle. It's like, expired July 2023. And I was like, apparently I did buy it a very long time Hmm. ago. Uh, Good to know. Yeah, don't drink expired Gatorade. It's very bad. It it, Honestly, it's like tasting bad orange juice. It's really bad. Uh, Would not recommend it. Uh, That was three. That would explain the expiration date, right? Yes. It was really, (laughs) really bad. Uh, What was four? I don't remember what four was. Four was, I'm stressing myself out, so I just lost two minutes. I think, honestly, no, I think that was like, I just having to go to surgery today and like trying to make sure everything was lined up before I left the house. I think that was just the extra anxiety of that was number four. So we're here. We're doing a radio show. It's going to be terrific. We're having a great time. Uh, I just, you know, had a little bit of a rough start to the day. Hey, you know what? You're taking ownership. <laughs> You're taking ownership of your day. You know, we like people that take ownership. That's a, you know, it's, it, it, it's funny that you mentioned that because I, you sent me this clip last night of Coach Rule mm-hmm. at the um, Texas High School Coaches Association. Which was a little while ago. It was a little it was last while. summer. Yeah. And it, it just resurfaced. Yeah, and I, I don't know why. It just kind of popped up in our timelines. And I had seen the clip before, but you sent it to me, and, and, you're, like, and you're like, hey, maybe, maybe look at this and see, because the situation in Nebraska has been pretty unusual in the sense of, I mean, no major pieces have left for the transfer portal. M- many or a couple major pieces have decided – hey, I'm going to use an extra year or try and get – I mean, Marcus Washington is trying to get an extra year to come back to play at Nebraska. You've seen a bunch of high-profile transfer guys come in here. You've seen, obviously, the Dylan Rayola situation. And you're like, it, it's, it's an interesting thing to look back on before – because he said these things before year one, like before the first game of the season. And – Basically, the gist of what he said was that he has a standard that he has to set for the program, right? And that that involves holding people accountable to that standard. But that's, I mean, listen, everybody talks about a standard, right? Hey, the the standard is the standard. We hear Coach Rule say that all the time. We talk about, hey, the process and whatever term that the the coach of that particular organization, program, whatever, wants to use. Everybody has that, right? But then he went on, and this is one of the things I love about Coach Rule, is he doesn't stop at the cliche, right? Because most cliches are true on some level, right? Like, there's, yeah, the standard's a standard. Mm-hmm. Got to trust the process. He so follows through with it's experience. A, it's about the journey, not the destination, whatever your cliche is, right? But not just that he follows through, but then he explains why the cliche is true. 
and how the cliche becomes true, right? In this instance, he talks about, hey, I've got to set the standard, and then I've got to hold guys accountable. He's like, but we won't win until my standard is their standard, right? When the players adopt that standard, and that's where that word you talked about, ownership, comes in, right? When the players take ownership of the standard, and then all of a sudden Coach Rule is not the one holding you accountable, you know, Dylan Rayola is the one holding you accountable, or Nash Hutmacher is the one holding you accountable. Or, or you're holding yourself yeah, accountable. Or, yeah, or you're holding yourself accountable. Accountable When Coach Rule's standard, when you take ownership over that, and that becomes the team standard, and then the accountability comes from within, either within the person or within the team itself, that's when winning happens. And I think that's a huge part of what we've seen in terms of player retention and player acquisition because a lot of guys will hold you to the standard, right? A lot of guys will say, hey, this is the standard. If you don't meet it, you can't play for me, right? It's that extra step of the standard becoming ownership where that's where things become special. And we've, I mean, we've heard DB talk about this with the 90s teams at Nebraska where they were more scared probably isn't the right word, but I'll say I'll use it just because I can't think of a better one right now. They were more scared of letting their teammates down and being held accountable by their teammates than they were their coaches. Because if you didn't do what you were supposed to do, you knew it was going to be taken care of by the older guys in the locker room before the coaches even ever had a chance. And that's where... That's where things become special. And at the same time, it's really hard to do and it's really hard to maintain. Because as soon as you have a group that has just a little bit of, of a, a breach in that ownership, it's really easy for that breach to just split the whole thing apart, right? We've heard DB talk about that with the 96 team. Guys got a little bit selfish sometimes. Guys got a little bit too interested in what was happening to them. And it became less about, hey, let's lift each other up and more about, hey, quit making me look bad. And that's where you have problems. Yeah, and, and you, you get that a lot on, on a lot of different teams. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, you probably get it on every team you've played on yeah. once before. And, you know, you brought up a good point there with player retention and player acquisition and how uh, these steps have led to a multitude of both. You know, I, I sat back and thought last night, and I do this a lot, especially during recruiting periods, of what are they thinking? I try to put myself in their shoes. The recruit shoes? Yes, the yeah. recruit shoes. What are they thinking when they are having a conversation with Coach Rule? What are they thinking when they speak to Dylan Rayola about why he chose Nebraska and why he thinks I should go to Nebraska too? What are they thinking when Coach Coop walks into the room and, um, you know, shares his expectation mm-hmm. because even though it's the same as coach rules it still sounds a little bit different because it again it goes, the it message goes, differently. It goes yeah. back to experience because coach rule has so much experience and at all different levels that he can go into a situation and say hey i i know what you're probably thinking whereas mm-hmm. coach coop he's so much younger and has a different set of experiences that he goes in with uh, a couple of different analogies but it still applies to the same expectation mm-hmm. that they're both uh, that they're both meeting on and you know I, I i just have to think like 
it's not just, wow, I can play for that dude. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's not just what, what a recruit is thinking. I think it's also, wow, I want to be that dude. I want to emulate what he does. I want to lead for my brothers. I want to lead like he's taught me to lead. Like these are things that, it, you know, if Coach Rule's having a conversation with you, it's like, nah, I can go to war with that guy. Like I, I, I can, yeah. I can do what what he's talking about, and I can be part of the solution, mm-hmm. not part of the problem. And that goes into the standard, right? The standard is the lowest of the low expectation. Like that is like w- the baseline. Yeah, that, that is the standard. Mm-hmm. But no one's expected to be successful at the baseline. Like you're not going to have a team that wins a national championship mm-hmm. if you sit at the baseline. Mm-hmm. No, you're going to have a a team that wins a national championship when you go from the baseline and you take it up two notches mm-hmm. and then you're like, okay, here's our expectation. And then when you start seeing some growth in, in your program and you're seeing some wins, then that growth becomes two steps higher and two steps higher. And you get to a point to where, okay, you know, it may be difficult to think that this is the mm-hmm. expectation, but this is what these guys set, not me. Yeah. And that's why we are proving to the world that we can be the team everybody thought we could be. And so, you know, if you set the expectation and let them decide if they want to supersede it, uh, y- you'll know right away what guys want to be there and what guys don't. There, there's a kid I, uh, I coached in the fall. Mm-hmm. His name's Sam Dinkelman. He plays baseball up in Grand Island. Doesn't need a babysitter. Like mm-hmm. they, I'm going to steal that quote from DB. We, we mentioned <laughs> his name a little bit. Doesn't need a babysitter. Uh, he's somebody that always knows the objective. Yeah. Always exceeds expectation in aspects of the game, whether he's succeeding or he's failing. Mm-hmm. He, he could be going 0 for 18 at the plate, but you won't, you won't think there's a problem at all when he takes uh, the field to play shortstop or second base mm-hmm. because he doesn't let other parts of his game get impacted by one thing that – you know, it's just not going right for him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you have a player like that, and there's plenty of players in the Nebraska football program that are like that. When you have a guy that's like that, how easy is it for you, Ravi, to say, like, you're, you're coming into the program now and you're watching, you know, Heinrich Harburg struggle a little bit last season, but he, but he got some wins for the program. And then, you know, his job is practically getting taken over mm-hmm. because you have the number one recruit, quarterback recruit in the country coming in. You watch him still fight through every day. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you watch and see how competitive he is in practice. What does that make you want to do? I want to be like that guy. Like, I, I want to have the same mindset as that dude. Even when I am forgotten about, mm-hmm. I'm still going to show every day that I belong on the field in some way, shape, or form. And those are the type of guys that you're getting in the program now because you have that sort of leadership from the top down. And it's becoming that ownership that Coach Rule is preaching. You know, he understands to own the moment. Mm-hmm. And getting that point across to his team has stood out that they're owning moments. I mean, I always think back to that speech on Friday night or, or Sunday night, rather, in uh, Illinois when they had that early game on, on Friday. And they, they're coming off a loss, and Coach has them in the middle of the field, and they're ha- he's having them own the moment of the week before and, and turn it around for a win against Illinois. You know, people just like honesty. They like when people are straight up with them. Just tell them what's up. Don't beat around the bush. And that's the way this coaching, staff, uh, this coaching staff operates. The last point I'll say about ownership, like you have to own it, right? Everybody has a story. 
if you share yours, maybe someone else can relate in mm -hmm. their own way. Mm -hmm. And so own is to you as you are to own. Like that, that word goes basically hand in hand. It means you. When you own something, that means it's yours, mm -hmm. right? So that's why you can go from one end of that stick to the other. If, if we talk about a drop pass, let's talk about that drop pass in that Buffalo game. Mm -hmm. Deep ball to Diggs. Like Diggs has to own that he dropped that ball. Yeah. But also, Josh Allen has to own that he threw that ball. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's probably thinking, uh, if I would have thrown that like maybe like three inches to the left, maybe Diggs had yeah. a better chance of catching that. The O-line's probably thinking, man, if I would have given Josh maybe a little extra time mm -hmm. like, to, to make that throw, even though he had plenty of time in the world and the O-line did a great job there. But they're still probably taking ownership of that play. Mm -hmm. And then you may have another receiver saying, man, if I would have ran this route, maybe double coverage wouldn't have taken place there. And I could have drawn the safety to me and, and you know, Diggs could have been one-on-one. -on -one. There's so many things that you just own. Everybody has to own. But Nebraska is owning their destiny right now. They are. Because it's, it's, it started with, you know, off-season champs, right? Mm -hmm. You know, getting Dylan Rayola. But then look at the two weekends they've had in recruiting. Yeah. They, they had 29, 30 kids last weekend. They're going to do the same thing this weekend. And they're owning their destiny by doing things like that. Yeah, and there's, I mean, I, I can't remember if I've said this on the air or not before, but it's, it bears repeating even if I have. There's a, a buddy of mine who um, does a lot of, you know, he's a pastor, so he does a lot of, like, counseling for married couples and stuff like that. And he's, he's, I've known him since I was 14, 13, 14 years old. And so he's kind of, like, mentored me through a lot of my life. And one of the things he told me at one point, I don't even remember when it was, was that you're always 1% wrong in every situation. You're never 100% right. You're never 100% wrong. Unless I BS my way through it and I convince somebody <laughs> of that 1%. But then you still know you're not 1%. You still, like, you may have convinced somebody else, but you still know deep down. Like, in every situation. I don't know. It depends on how well I convinced myself that I was right there. <laughs> in every situation, whether it's on a football team, whether it's in life, whether it's in your marriage, whatever it is, no matter what situation happens, you contributed to that situation. At least maybe it's not 1%. Maybe it's 0.1%. Maybe it's point zero like maybe it's a tiny fraction of a percent but you're there you contributed to that situation in one way or another so instead of focusing on hey you know you're 80 percent wrong i'm only 20 percent wrong let's focus on your 80 percent what the ownership portion of this is is hey let me fix my 20 percent because then that lets everyone know that i know i didn't reach the standard either i may have been closer to the standard than you were like if you've got whatever they, you know, if you've got 12 seconds to run those gas, those 110 yard gassers or whatever, it's like, you may have done it in 12 and a half and I may have done it in 14, but guess what? We both missed the standard, right? So instead of me telling, or instead of you telling me, Hey, you need, Pick to, it up. You need to hurry your butt up, get the let out and get there. And, and it's like, well, you also didn't make <laughs> you it. You right? also missed. You're it's a like, part of the prop. Be a part of the solution, right. not a part of the problem. And in order to be part of the solution, you have to acknowledge your part in the problem, right? Like the Josh Allen example is great. Was that a straight up drop by Diggs? Absolutely. Could Josh Allen have thrown it like a foot further and he'd have a little more separation on the, the corner? 
absolutely. Could, like you said, another receiver drawn a little bit of attention away from Diggs? Absolutely. Could the O-line had, had given him even another half second to make him feel a little bit more comfortable? And maybe not just on that play, right? But if he's been rushed the whole game, maybe he maybe he's hurrying a little bit because he doesn't think he's going to have the time, even if he does. Like, you have to be willing to accept whatever your responsibility is in that situation. Otherwise, ownership is not possible. And at the same time, everyone else has to be able to do that too. That's what the team is, right? Because if no one else, like let's say you're in a marriage, you're willing to take responsibility for either your 1% or your 90%, wherever you are on the spectrum that day. But the other person isn't willing to do that. Well, guess what? It's not going to work out, right? Same thing with the team. If Josh Allen's like, hey, I should have thrown that ball half a yard further. That's my bad. And Diggs is like, man, I should have held on to that thing. That's my bad. And the O-line's like, we did our job. It's on you guys, skill players. That's not going to work long term, right? That's not going to work out. That's why ownership is so important because in a team, a game especially like football, where everything is so interconnected, not just from position to position, but from play to play, it is so hard to not I mean, it's impossible to win if you don't have right. that. Right, it, it, it's, it's a second, half-second difference. Like, that's it. In football, you got to be quick. you got to yeah. be quick decision-makers, and that's say, why you all have to be one. They say game of inches for a reason. Coming up next, we'll set up the show, let you know what we've got coming your way on Herd Sports Radio.